The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, The Rock Place, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joints. I'm Chris Chow, as always, joined by Mo Patton, J.P. Plant on the controls, and it is again a little muggy outside, a little, little cloudy. That's okay, because it's, it, it's Wednesday. We're almost halfway through the week, which means that we are coming up on high school football, and that is exciting. Before we get to all of that, Mo, good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's um, is there such thing as stormy Wednesday? It's I know yeah. it's stormy Monday. I mean but, that we can, yeah. we can we can amend lyrics. It's 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 not. It's, it's been not, stormy all week. Yeah, though, so it's, it's just a it's, stormy week. It's just kind of gives you the blahs a little bit. The good thing is that we should be done with this by Friday. That is a good thing. The fields may be a little bit muddy. But at otherwise, we won't be getting rained on. At least we won't be getting rained on. That's so you, right. So you're saying we won't have any games changed, <laughs> moved up? At this point, we probably will not, uh, much to the delight let, of let, let, Let's hope Let's hope not. Yes. Let's, let's hope not. Let's. let's. Yeah. Um, do want to make mention this morning before we get started into the rest of our show as you may have heard on the news segment, that a school bus uh, in the Meigs County school system crashed and killed a bus driver and a seven-year-old girl and others were life-flighted from the the scene. Uh, We want to make sure that we give our thoughts and prayers out to those families and the Meigs County school system in general and Meigs County because I know that's a tight-knit community and we are thinking about them. Absolutely. Um, for those who may not be aware, Meigs County down in southeast Tennessee, a little um, northeast of Chattanooga, basically. But that's that's the area that you're talking about over there. And so, um, like Chris said, our thoughts are with the the families and the community. And as as a general rule, um, you hate to hear about that kind of thing, especially involving kids. Yeah, it's a tough situation, but again, our thoughts are with you guys, and we hope that uh, that you will be able to pull through uh, together. All right, moving on uh, to some sports. Martin Methodist Soccer took part in a, I guess, their exhibitions this fall. Yeah, and they played Faulkner University from down in Montgomery, Alabama. And pretty much dominated. Got a six to one win. Improved their season, their fall season record to three and zero. Um, couple of goals from two different 
players. Um, one Estelle Ekata Ekata uh, had a couple of goals, and Suzuho. I could not find her last name. Suzuho um, had a couple of goals as well, and an assist. Takata had an assist as well. Jess Glassman had a goal and an assist, uh, two assists, and two assists. So, yeah. and then Tabby Hatem had a goal as well as a, her first one. <laughs> Tabby Hatem. Somehow I don't think Hatem is her. Uh, it is. Is it? it that that's is her, her last, last name? name. I don't know if that's how you say it, but that is her is last that, name. According uh, to Twitter. Is that he hate me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's what I was wondering about. Yeah. Um, Martin Methodist. Um, that's her That's her name. There we go. They are big on Twitter. I just don't know exactly how you say that, but I assume it's Hatem. Hatem? Hatem, potentially? I'm, I'm thinking Hatem. I mean, it's I, more I, do like, I do like hate me. He hate me. He <laughs> hate me. Yep. Oh. Yeah, the but old yeah. XFL. They'll play again on November 7th at Dalton State. Uh, assume that's their JV that will be playing. You would so, think. Martin Method is doing it. I mean, they're out here killing it this, this fall. Well, I mean, they're trying to make the best of a bad situation. And, I, you know, we I talked with um, Colton Bryant, the um, women's coach over – women's soccer coach over at Columbia State back in – August and and he had said that you know we're going to try to get some games and get some film and that kind of thing to um, try to help these kids with recruiting and they played down at Martin Methodist last week and I think that's the biggest thing you know for these junior college programs anyway is is trying to get the kids some exposure I guess at the four-year level the bigger thing is just trying to you know keep these kids fresh and and because I don't know how you can practice for an entire semester during the mes- the semester that you would, under normal circumstances, be competing. And so trying to get a limited schedule, that kind of thing, probably is the best way to try to approach this very unique situation. Yes, Suzuho Yamasaki. Oh, which so is, is her name. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the first name like Suzuho, though, you almost don't need a last name. It's like Ichiro, right? Yeah. Right. You don't really need I mean, yeah, If you're good enough. And, I mean, mean, who else and is going to And she got two goals and an assist, so. She's probably good enough. She, she may very well she, be good enough. One, one namers. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But, yeah, so big win for Martin Methodist. They're continuing their uh, fall season again November 7th at Dalton State. Yesterday in high school sports, we had some cross-country action and several – Local teams will, well, one local, local team, several local runners there will be go. advancing. Yeah, yeah, at the Region Six Large Class Cross Country Meet up at Sanders Ferry in Hendersonville, as we mentioned on yesterday's show, Michael Gerhart from Spring Hill finished eighth to um, seal a berth in the upcoming state meet. He ran a sixteen thirty seven point six zero finishing just ahead of Independence's Nate Martinez, who ran a 16.38 flat to, to um, place ninth. So those two individuals will be going. Um, Independence as a team finished fourth, which was just short of team qualification. Franklin, Brentwood, and Ravenwood will be the boys' teams advancing. In the girls' competition, um, the Halterman sisters, Jane and Julia, placed second and fourth respectively 
for Independence. Jane ran an 1809.33. Julia with an 1823.62. And so they will be advancing. Um, and Independence will advance as a team, finishing second behind Brentwood and ahead of Franklin. So Fun fact, Independence began competing in uh, high school cross country. Um and every year, either the boys or the girls or both have qualified for state. And since they started competing since they in started 06. in '06 as a high school, uh, with their with their 2020 qualification to state, both the girls and the boys teams have now appeared 12 times each in state cross country meets. That's a pretty that, that's pretty impressive considering you've only been running for 15 years. Luke Finley has created a dynasty. Uh, up in Thompson just, State, just a bit of one, sure, yeah. absolutely. And Janie Halterman, the first one to uh, the first runner to do what she did, or it's the best finish of a an Independence Girls runner since Kathy Kroger, since Kathy won it, won the region in '09, I believe. Julia or Jane? Janie, I Jane, think is okay. her name. Okay, yeah, yeah, she ran an 1809.33 for second place. So yeah, that's um, pretty impressive. Um, Columbia Central competed in the Region 4 large class meet over at the Seagull Soccer Complex in Murfreesboro. Did not advance anyone, unfortunately. Um, their best finisher, Trey Showburl, ran an 1846-23 to place 26th. Um, top 10 individual runners and the top three teams from each region advanced to state competition, which will be next Thursday and Friday back up at Sanders Ferry. Um, we still have the Division 2A Middle Region, which Columbia Academy and Zion Christian Academy are both in. They will compete at Sanders Ferry Thursday morning, uh, beginning at 8.30. And on Friday over at Henry Horton, you'll have the Region 6 Small Class Meet, which will include Cullioca, Hampshire, Mount Pleasant, Santa Fe, and Summertown. So be on the lookout for that, and we will have results of those as we get them. And you can probably check on the website, sm-tnsports.com, to keep up with all of those results and the schedule for next week's state meet. Mm, plenty of options there. Um Also, yesterday, found out that there will be some scheduling changes in high school football's playoffs. Um, so there will be, and it could potentially involve, or definitely involves a listening area team. Oh, without question. Um, so there's that, and there's a lot of, we saw a story from the TWSAA that kind of, throws out some numbers and i'm really excited uh to tell you about those because it's uh it's a little eye-opening to be honest and uh i think we can we can get to that on the other side of a break because i don't want to get into it just yet so we will tell you about some football scheduling changes that do impact some local teams in the playoffs one local team will get a bye in the playoffs actually potentially two <laughs> And uh, we'll tell you about 
Kind of what the TSSAA has seen throughout the season, how many games have been changed, how many scheduling options, how many teams have not been able to play throughout the year. Uh, all of that and more on the other side of a break. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. 24 minutes past, 25 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock. It's gotten me a couple times now. It is Wednesday, October 28th, and we are here on WKOM 101.7 FM. We appreciate you guys joining us. If you are listening on the podcast, we appreciate that as well. Make sure to subscribe and rate our podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback on that. Speaking of feedback, we'd love to hear all of your feedback on football, high school, college, World Series. We got in the second hour, we've got a uh, a great hour for you. We're going to be talking about the World Series, obviously, in that first segment, and then we'll have Dewan Brazelton in uh, at ten twenty. So, former first round pick of the of Rays, the, Rays. the still Tampa lives Bay Rays. down in the area, and um, I'm sure he'll have some thoughts on. The events of last night. I'm sure he will. So uh, really excited about that. And, of course, Wild and Wacky Wednesday where we tell you about the weirdest stories in the country or out of the country and uh, get our takes on the wild and wackiness. Right now we want to tell you about the COVID restrictions of high school football and the scheduling issues that have now come together. Uh, unfortunately, um, DeKalb County will be forfeiting their first-round playoff spot. Uh, and the reason that that is important is that it is the cross-region for Spring Hill and Lawrence County. DeKalb County is the region champion, which means that Spring Hill and Lawrence County are not playing Friday night for just a playoff spot, but a spot in the second round of the playoffs. Which is really, well, it's unfortunate, I guess, when it's up, when it all comes down, seriously. Um, I think when you get to that level, you want this stuff to be decided on the field and for particularly for a region champion like DeKalb County to not be able to have that opportunity. It's a tough situation. I understand that they had a player that tested positive in the program, and so as a result, you know, 
due to contact tracing, they had to shut down the whole thing. So, and that's un- that's unfortunate <clears throat> because, you know, if you're in that situation where, like Nick Saban, what if you get, what if it was a false positive, or you get two neg two positive two negative tests or three negative tests in a row? Um, essentially, though, this does end their season. Again, this is another situation in which it would not be a problem to bump everybody up who made the playoffs and give the one seed the bye instead of the four seed. One would think that moving the two, three, and four up to one, two, and three would be easier than giving the four seed of a a spot a, a bye in the playoffs while the one seed, two seed, and three seed all have to play. Yeah, I mean when you when you talk about you know, competitive disadvantages or competitive advantages or that kind of thing, that's that's something to consider. And as we talked about the Stewart's Creek situation as well, that's um, with Region 5 and 6, 6A. You know, it's a similar situation there. You know, um, I get it. Like, I, it, I think it. it's easier to administer the playoffs by doing this or by, by taking this approach to it but like you said from from a who's playing aspect i don't know that this is the best way to do it for the most part right now and as you see there are 24 region championships up for grabs on friday night most of the teams in the state don't know who they're playing in the first round yet so if you're gonna do it now's the time i get it. if it's the second round and the team can't play totally cool but we've got a week and a half Right. If if it turns out that you have to forfeit for COVID this week, I think that you can take that into consideration when you're making the brackets on Friday night. Hey, this team is going to be out next week. If they made the playoffs, whoever's behind them just moves up. Yeah, I, I think as you, I think it's a different tact once the playoff field is set. Correct. As opposed to before the playoff field is set that's my point yeah we have a week and a half nobody knows who they're going to play for the most part well i I wouldn't necessarily say you have a week and a half but but certainly the brackets haven't been set yet i mean i wouldn't want the brackets to be set on friday night and then on monday right that's what someone has someone comes up with it and has to be pulled out of the bracket i wouldn't want someone else put in at that point i don't think but up until the brackets are set. I mean, heck, the NCAA tournament field, they take into consideration injuries and that kind of thing when they are um, seeding teams. So, I mean, it wouldn't be that hard to do. It, it would not be difficult to do because, again, all you're doing is moving everybody up one that's behind you're, you're just not that consider, team. You're just not considering that team. You're just taking them out of consideration, period. And you're not putting anybody else in. Right. You're just you're just making sure that if anybody has a buy in the first round, it's the one seed. Yeah. And that's what's important to me. I feel like if you win your region, if anybody in your region is going to have a buy in the playoffs, it needs to be you. You earned that. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't know. I mean maybe there is a well, that one seed got a buy, but this one seed didn't. Well, that's not the. That's not that. This four seed got to buy. <laughs> You're right. I mean, yeah. I, 
that's the problem. I I don't really know what the explanation is. I don't know that there's a good explanation, but that is what we've been. Well, the the explanation is that that's not what they voted on. They voted on this particular, but that doesn't mean they can't vote. They can. We can get these folks together. When was the vote? In Um, July. So this was a predetermined. If then, ah, hashtag. It was and. And I don't think we thought about it all the way through because there were so many options on the table. The the little things kind of got through the cracks. Unintended consequences, sure. perhaps. But consequences that can still be They can be changed. Like you said. So <laughs> It's not like we can't change them. Uh, and and I'm, I don't have an answer for you, but again, we, we did speak to... Um, Bernard Childress earlier this week, and that was the explanation that no, there won't be any anyone moved in. If or anyone you can play, up. you can. If you can't play, you, you can't. can't. Yeah. That's it. That was his. That was his answer. Yeah, we may try to get him Friday. I just want to get the. Uh, I want to. I want to get the executive board. I want to get somebody who can vote on the line and say. Can you not call a special meeting right now? Can you not say, hey, it's Thursday. We've got some time to do this. Let's do it. We might can arrange that. I mean, that would be, wouldn't that be something? Uh, The radio station down in Columbia says. Grassroots. (laughs) The the radio guys down in Columbia say that we should do it this way. You know, it's actually a really good idea. And then, behold, here we are. No. Um (laughs) But I did want you to go through that story that you mentioned uh, off air earlier because I thought those those were some pretty interesting statistics. Well, you've got it in front of you as well. Do I? Oh, I do. Sorry, I wasn't even. I didn't even see that. He wasn't ready. Yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> so apparently, um, in week, tw- uh, let's see, over the course of the season, 182 COVID wins were awarded. 182. Out of however many games. So in in week 12, there are 136 region games. So almost, I mean, that that's, 182 is pretty good considering that in one week we have 136 plus. Region, yeah, plus. Because that's 136 is just region. Yeah. So, so you're, you're talking about one week of the year total. And we were... You know, I, I really think it's it's crazy because, you know, we didn't really start having these big issues until about week five. Yeah, we, we had gotten. We had a couple in week three, week week two, week three. Yeah, but Marshall like, County in week one. Well, yeah. But like the big, I'm talking, we, we, were, we were seeing three or four, yeah. you know, once week four, week five got to us. And. Again, I still think that that's a that's a pretty good number as far as COVID wins being awarded. Um, Seven hundred and fifty schedule changes, though. That's what's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, kudos to these coaches and these you know school administrators that had to shift on the fly the way they did all this year. I mean, you saw people losing games on Wednesday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. And and coming up with Friday opponents in spite of so I mean 
a lot of people were really forced to be nimble in ways that they had never had to be before. Right. I mean, this has never been an issue, you and, know, rescheduling in the middle of the season. I mean, it is a, you know, just like we talked about in July, it, you know, there were obviously going to be more than one team at a time that needed a game. Mm-hmm. And so that helped, I guess. But kudos to the TWSAA staff who logged all those games and those changes and made sure that they got into the region standings or onto TWSAAsports.com. That is a chore in itself, and they did a great job of keeping that up to date. And Yeah, and much needed because, you know, you've seen – You've seen some misinformation over the course of this fall through no one's fault necessarily. It's just a, you know, trying to keep up with all this hasn't been easy as it's been, you know, you can tell just by some of the stuff that you see out there. And so, you know, the TWS, uh, TWSAA Sports has been a great resource for, you know, trying to keep up with this stuff as accurately as possible. Yeah, and um, again, as of right now, we will not have Summit Lincoln County. It's hard to believe that Summit is going to go into the postseason having played six games. It's 2020. Yeah, I'm, I'm reaching out to folks over at Summit to see if they have done anything. They have done anything since then since yesterday but what what do you think from an outsider they should do should they play to get a little action or should they stay conservative and not risk getting catching covid or risking an injury so you saw how they looked in the first quarter against franklin county right they probably need to play somebody because now if you play like that in the playoffs it could be the end of your season now, that said, they're going in as the number one. I mean, they're going to play the number four out of Region 5, out of Region 6, six. 5A. They can probably get by with it, but at the same time, if I'm Brian Coleman, I'm not comfortable going into the playoffs having played one game in the month of October. You can't be. So... I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the best answer is, and it's all hypothetical and supposition. And so there's really no way to know. But I, I'd feel more comfortable with a game. Absolutely. Speaking of Summit, I want to talk about Destin Wade just a little bit. As in those six games he's played, he's still thrown for 713 yards. Um which is good enough for second in the area, in the, in our coverage area. Uh, ten touchdowns on the year. I'm sorry, nine touchdowns on the year. Uh, passing, or rushing, I'm sorry. Ran for 713, nine touchdowns. He's Threw for 713. Thrown for 713 and, and nine, nine touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah. That's uh, that, that's what I was getting at was that it's, uh, it's, it's identical. Uh, it's just really weird. He's consistent. He, he's certainly he, he is as balanced as you can be <laughs> offensively. He's number two in the area in rushing. He's number three in passing. Uh, five. 
And total yards. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, total yards. He he sits behind. Okay. Luke Perko, who's at the top of that list, who is ninety-one of one eighty-two for twelve seventy-six, eighteen touchdowns, six picks. Luke Perko also leads the area in rushing with seven hundred and fifty-four yards on the ground. That's five point five yards a carry and seven touchdowns. The difference being between Luke Perko and everybody else is that Zion Christian has played every game on their schedule as scheduled. If they play Cornersville on Friday night, and to this point we have no reason to believe they will not, Mm -hmm. it appears they will have played everybody on their schedule as scheduled. And I wonder if that has to do with, you know, the the smallness of their team, the smallness of their, their school. You know, there's a lot less chance for them to, to, to contract COVID. But what's most impressive is that none of their opponents in the week they were supposed to play them <laughs> have gotten COVID. Now, um, Mount Pleasant did, but it was after they played. Or before they played, I'm sorry. And several of their opponents have have been shut down for covid but not when they were playing zion so zion has has gotten through their season and well done uh to to both you know their opponents and zion that's crazy it is it is that probably the smallest team that we cover was the only one to complete their schedule as laid out at the start of the year there's got to be something there there's got to be some kind of some kind of correlation yeah yeah I, i think so I uh, also want to give a shout-out again to Jackson Campbell, who is third in the area with 671 rushing yards, 12 scores. He's thrown for 1265 and 13 scores, so he's pretty balanced as well. He's he's a guy that you know we talked about yesterday, we'll talk about in the next segment. Uh, it's going to be a good one. So, matter of fact, since we're talking about that, let's mm-hmm. go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, we will talk to Independence Head Coach Scott Blade about his game on Friday night against Ravenwood for the region title. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Looking for a Halloween hangout? Patio West in Spring Hill is your spot for food, games, and fun. Located at 3011 Longford Drive, Patio West is hosting both a kids and all-ages costume contest, along with three different trivia games during their Halloween extravaganza starting at 3 p.m. on October 31st. Bring the whole family down for all the fun you can have in one place. Patio West Comfort and Coastal Eats in Spring Hill. Visit them on Facebook or online at patiowest.com. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. 15 minutes to the top of the hour of 10 o'clock here, and we are just about to the other side of the week because once we get to that 10 o'clock hour we're on the downward slope to friday night where 24 statewide games will determine region champions including the one in thompson station 
as Independence hosts Ravenwood and the Eagles going for a region title and Ravenwood trying to spoil that and get a home playoff game, either winning the region with a Brentwood loss or at least being second with a Brentwood win. Coach's Corner is brought to you each week by From the Heart, Reads and Eats. They're located in Chapel Hill. On November 7th, they have a chili cook-off, and proceeds from the tickets, a $5 ticket, will get you a chance to taste any and all chili that you want from all participants. Those funds will go to benefit Force Micah McClendon, the player who was injured and is now in rehab in Atlanta. So those funds will go to benefit him and his family. If you are looking for a place to enter your chili recipe, you can do that. Just $20 to enter, but you have to be entered by Monday, uh, November 2nd. You can do that at From the Heart at 4384 Nashville Highway in Chapel Hill. I'm I'm trying to get JP to to enter this thing with us. I think we're going to I think we're going to be able to get him. I've got a um, uh, my wife. Technically, I'm the sous chef. We ha- we have a uh, a small trophy of a runner up finish in a chili cookoff last mm-hmm. year. Ladies and gentlemen, uh-huh. our chili. Yeah, he's our ringer. Mm-hmm. There we go. JP's the mm-hmm. ringer. Gotta have one. <laughs> and this week in Coach's Corner, we bring in Independence head football coach Scott Blade. Coach, welcome in. Thanks for coming on. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Scott, do you have a um, chili recipe? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. He said it comes from McCormick. My wife does all the cooking, so whatever she puts in front of me, it's usually really good, but I don't know what she does with the chili. Well, <laughs> well, what he does have is a recipe for winning. The The Eagles just picked up their sixth straight on Saturday in a 26-21 win over at Brentwood, and Apparently, it caught more than just a few eyes. The Eagles breaking into the Associated Press um, Class 6A top 10 at number nine with that win behind Brentwood, which much to Chris's consternation, but ahead of Ravenwood. Scott, as you get ready to play Ravenwood Friday night at your place, do you like that or do you not like that? That being on the radar versus staying off the radar heading into this big matchup? Well, I, I don't. I, I so you know me, Mo. I don't. I don't read too much um, into any of that stuff. So it's nice to be, uh, I guess, recognized. The kids read that stuff, and it's kind of nice to be uh, noticed, I guess. But um, you know, really, the only ma- rankings that matter are kind of at the end of the year, and you know, when when everything is said and done. So uh, I wish I had a better answer, but I just don't pay attention to that too much. So we're just glad to still be playing. Trust me, it, it's pretty much the answer I expected, Scott. But let me ask you this: um, how do you how do you feel about the way you guys are playing right now, though? You know what i I like this team. They're playing hard. They're playing um, like a good high school team should play. Um, really, not a whole lot of weaknesses. Not a whole lot of uh, you know things to be unhappy about. The kids' attitudes have been fun to coach. They've been resilient. They've been uh, everything we want um, from a good high school team to deal with. And, and you know, fortunately, we're sitting here with uh, six wins and competing uh, against this, one of the state's very best. 
on the last week of the regular season. So, you know, it, we're, we're really pleased with the kids. I'm glad we're taping this because we just heard Scott Blade say that he doesn't have a lot to be unhappy about. That's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> this team, and, and that's the thing, is this team has been so blue-collar all year long. They've worked really hard to get to this point, especially considering that you had to put Jackson Campbell into a situation where he's now playing quarterback instead of receiver, where he was so successful last year. But you have found plenty of receivers to make him successful as well, as well as Trey Hartwell. The run game has really been a positive for you guys this year offensively. Talk about Trey and how important he has been to the success of this team. Trey's, you know, the, the, Trey's done a great job. It's, it's important because we've, you know, I, I know if you've seen us play, we look a whole lot different than what we've ever mm-hmm. looked like. We're using a tight end. We're using a big 6'5 H. Typically my H's are, are guys that are, you know, TJ Sheffield size. These guys um, are different. <laughs> these guys are bigger. So we got a better offensive lines playing the best. You know, they've played. Uh, so, why'd you go? <laughs> you know, the running back situation uh, and everything else is uh, just kind of builds into what we're uh, what we're doing, what we're trying to do, and what we're able to do um as a as an offense and that's what's been exciting about this year is just being able to um expand you know our our offense what we can do and the kids have really uh, enjoyed it so each practice is just a new uh kind of uh experiment and see what we can do and do well Hey, we're visiting here on Coach's Corner with Scott Blade from Independence. This is sponsored by From the Heart out in Chapel Hill, where on Saturday, November 7th, they will host a chili cook-off. 20 bucks to enter, $5 to taste. All of the tasting proceeds will go to the family of Forrest's sophomore Michael McClendon, who was injured earlier this season and is rehabbing down in Atlanta. Scott, as you all... Um, made the transition from Ethan Cash to Jackson Campbell. What made you so confident that what you're seeing is what you would see? You know, I, I think it's it starts with Jackson's personality. He's been four years in the program. He's really electric personality as a freshman. And dating back four years, we used to dress him out. He's a quarterback on the freshman team. Uh, could really – did a great job there. But we knew he could throw the ball. We knew, you know, he was an athlete. Uh go into his sophomore year um we used him at corner uh started as a corner on that team as a junior so ethan cash on uh, jackson saw the last two years uh, has been the quarterback so as a junior you know he had 950 yards receiving but was also an all-state db uh, all the while his work ethic his attitude is infectious um, and it starts with a winning attitude and a winning kid that uh, can demand the presence in the locker room, in the weight room, and, and really is the personality. His personality is so strong, it's infectious, and um, a lot of kids really have – we knew would rally behind him. So we knew he could run the ball. We knew he could uh, – uh, had enough in him to throw the ball the way we wanted to. Missing last year's spring ball and much of the summer – um, there was a, a ton of question marks, um, but man, has he been a perfect kid to uh, because of his maturity and understanding. He's got a great football IQ. Um, 
and uh, he knows how to take care of the ball, knows how to adapt to different situations. Um, so he's really kind of the only choice we had. We have we have other good quarterbacks in our program, but he was the best choice we had in leading this team in this situation uh, of 2020. You know, Scott, um, you guys asked him to do a lot and not just offensively in the um, in Saturday's game against Brentwood. He saw some snaps at safety. He's back there as your punt returner. Yeah. Um, when's the last time you had a quarterback go both ways? Never, uh, <laughs> never. But you know, here's so you know the kid. You know, all of that is also trying to, you know, the the, the kid just wants to be out there. Um, mm-hmm. And he's again, his football IQ doesn't just end at the quarterback position. He understands concepts, understands positioning, understands defensively. Um, and I think that is what makes him a, a, a darn good quarterback is his understanding of defense. And, uh, you know, now we're at that point in the year where we're not guaranteed any game. Uh, we've been there all year, but we always thought all along, okay, we're going to get there um, eventually. Let's protect him. Let's ease him in a little bit here. But now we're at that point where everything matters. Um, and uh, so he's playing more and more as the younger guys are developing underneath him. Um on that defensive side, but, um, you know, and it'll be that same way. He's our, like I said, he's without a doubt, he's our most dangerous, you know, player with the ball in his hand, whether it be offense, defense, or special teams. And, uh, so every play matters and every, uh, you know, play, he gets a chance. He's going to be out there. Yeah. A lot of people gave Nick Saban some flack for having Jalen Waddle on a kick return, but when you've got a player like that, he's the most electrifying player, especially in potentially in this region, uh, you know, Jackson Campbell needs to be on the field. You talk about this team being a lot different, and oh, I've only been here because I think this is my third, maybe fourth football season here. I definitely believe this is the best Independence team that I've seen, but the reason that I believe that is because this defense is a lot different than what you've had the last couple of years. They're you got some seniors, some senior leadership, but that front seven is really good. Uh, they're, and they're really just a bunch of regular kids that um, have bought into playing a little tougher. I mean, we've the the schemes haven't you know really changed. Um, you know, I know you haven't been here in a while uh, for as long. We've we've had some great defenses, some great defenses. Um, we've had some great offenses. Everything is different right now, but the like you said, the defensive and Josh Moore. Mm-hmm. Would uh, he's a three-year starter, Ethan Pickering. So starting at the linebackers spot, those two guys really set the tone, and our linebackers that are playing like linebackers should. Um, so I mean, we're in a situation where it's, and every high school you know goes through it where you, you got to have the Jimmys and Joes that buy in. You got to have the leadership, the extension of the coaching staff on the field. And this year we feel like we've got it. It doesn't mean we're going to win any more games. All it means is these kids are playing with a purpose and playing together and having fun doing it, and that makes all the difference in the world. It certainly helps when you have a guy like Sam Hinkey who can put some points up on the board when you can't get into the end zone. That's not something you've had in the past either, consistently. Yeah, it's not something I usually do. Uh, (laughs) We know. (laughs) uh, Yeah, so, uh, you know, Sam Hinkey, we have nothing but confidence in him and Cooper Allen, our punter. We think he's a uh, Division I punter as well. those are guys that have been a, a, a joy to coach as well. Those guys uh, are minimal with us as a team. Um, they're up there working on their own on the game field. They 
very responsible, very mature young 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 men that uh, take their craft very serious and are really good at it. And uh, that helps because there's there's not a whole lot to worry about with them. And uh, we feel like when, when we call on them and when they're needed, they can produce. Shades of Steve Spurrier there. Field goals? We don't kick too many of those. Hey, uh, <laughs> Scott Blade has Ravenwood coming in on Friday night to wrap up the regular season with a shot at the Region 6-6A championship. Scott, thanks for joining us here on Coach's Corner, sponsored by From the Heart out of Chapel Hill. Join them November 7th for a chili cook-off where proceeds from the tickets will go to benefit Forrest Michael McClendon. Entry fee for chili teams is $20 and must be submitted by Monday. That's from the heart. 4384 Nashville Highway in Chapel Hill. Scott, thanks again, and um, good luck Friday night. We'll see you out there. Great. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate you. Man, always a joy to talk to Scott Blade, and we appreciate him for joining us on Coach's Corner. Man, I'm looking forward – talking about a joy, I'm looking forward to to tasting some chili (laughs) next Saturday. It's the only Saturday that I don't have a wedding between now and Thanksgiving. It was predestined, It really was. So, super excited. On the other side of the top of the hour, we'll talk about the World Series. We've got Dewan Brazelton and Wild and Wacky Wednesday coming up on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, The Rock Place, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Welcome back again to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yow here, along with Mo Patton, JP playing on the controls as always. Scrolling through Twitter, as always. <laughs> oh, man. We talked with Teresa Walker yesterday from the Associated Press about the Tennessee Titans, and uh, I wanted to, to get... Kind of, you know, you know, they on the flip cards for for media at these games, they give you kind of the capsules for these for these things. Mm-hmm. And the Titans, who are five and one, are taking on the Bengals, who are one five and one. Why trash can juice? Mm-mm. Professional football should not have a tie. I don't care what you got to do. Finish a football game. They did finish it. Finish the football games. <laughs> With a winner. What's the solution? Literally just keep playing. <laughs> well, 
after everybody gets seen, and I don't like the way they do overtime either way. Anyway, I, I think you, I think both teams should get a chance no matter what. Adopt the college rule? But no. Both teams, one time, after that, sudden death. And I don't care how long it takes. If we got to play till Tuesday, we'll play till Tuesday. Isn't that and how it is now? No. If no. After the end of overtime, minutes. it's a tie. Yeah, they, they play oh, a 15-minute overtime continue. Period. Yeah. Keep playing until somebody scores. But it is sudden death until the end of the quarter, until the end of that time. Yeah. After the first two possessions. So long right. as it's not a touchdown. If you score a touchdown, it's over. After the, Yes. Yeah, first one, and touchdown. I don't like that. Yeah. That's over. I don't like that. I so lie. even if a team scores a touchdown on that first possession, you want the other to team chance. to get a chance. They get a chance. So, I mean, honestly, Utah – anyway, it's trash can juice that a professional football game can end in a tie. I think we should compile all of Chris's trash can juice yeah. topics. I, can, I, can we have? Can, I hear a new segment. Coming. So here's the thing. Oh. So you know, for Thanksgiving, right? Mm-hmm. None of us are going to be here. <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. Best of show. Nothing but trash can juice for a whole segment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, back to what I was talking about before I got off on this tangent about ties and professional football. Uh, this is a game that we talked about. The, the the Titans should be able to use this to kind of get back on track, but this is a this is a game where you might see this offense score forty fifty points. Well, it wouldn't be the first time they scored forty. That's Buffalo. That's what I'm saying. I mean, this is a team that and that was after limited practice. Maybe they should just practice one day this week. Maybe they should just practice at NBA all the time. Too soon. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, I, you know, I'm really interested. It's funny because the the Titans in their in this particular capsule they list Jadavian Clowney as a defensive end, and sometimes he is, and sometimes he's an outside linebacker, and sometimes he's whatever. They run a three four, but it's the one of the outside linebackers is walked up pretty much at all times so i don't know why it's not just a 4-3 you could just list him as an athlete but hey whatever what fine ball <laughs> tackle ball that's kind of what he plays when the center hikes the ball to the to the quarterback i i, I try to tackle him and and, and let's see if he hands <laughs> it off to somebody else then, then then i try to tackle that guy <laughs> which brings me to my next point kids don't do drugs. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby Boucher. And LT. <laughs> Hello. This is a Titans team that's given up 25 points a game, though, and this is my problem, is that Joe Burrow was a monster last week mm-hmm. and has been for the majority of the year despite having to run for his life. Which everybody knew he was going to have to run for his life going to Cincinnati. And right. then when we read the note yesterday – that they were going to be at, be without three of their starting linemen and their starting running Joe Mixon. Back. Yeah. Yeah, Mixon's out. So, so now what? Now going against this defense. It's going to be tough. It. I'm not sure I'd start him. <laughs> That's not a bad plan, actually. I, we're just going to concede this one I, and not get our guy hurt. Houston Texans, David Carr. Yep. 70 what? 76? Sacks his rookie year? Yep. 
and we talk about how big of a bust David Carr is, but we you can't you can't put that on him. You really can't put that on him. I mean, he was he was destined to fail from the beginning. Anybody who would have been in that situation would have failed. I mean, you could have taken a a a, a veteran, veteran quarterback and put them on that Houston Texans team, and they would have been awful. So, anyway, I'm just curious to see how this Titans. Bengals offense versus defense kind of strength versus strength works out um we'll see I'm curious I, I got a feeling that that Tennessee is going to use this as a a springboard but also a a game that they can work on some things that they nece- don't necessarily get to work on a lot I'm going to go out on a limb and say we won't be talking about Steven Goskowski on Monday morning. Good call. Good call. Yeah. If you want to let us know your thoughts about the Tennessee Titans and the Bengals or, or anything else, um, Independence Ravenwood. Yeah, we'd love to World know Series, it. give us a shout, 931-381-1017. There's no point in that. <laughs> or um, shoot us a text. Be sure and include your name if you've got any comments you want to express to us. There is a point in calling, just not a point in the number. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks for the clarification, JP. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let, let's talk a little bit about that World Series. Before we talk about the World Series, full disclosure, I didn't watch a pitch. I didn't either. But I, what? I was still I I, I kind of need that little purging that cleansing process after the Braves get beat and the worse it is the the longer it takes typically so I didn't watch a pitch but I I am glad that we had an area player that was heavily involved in the outcome Mookie Betts former Overton three sports standout had his thumbprint all over this thing, apparently, and and it's kind of shocking that he wasn't the MVP from from all accounts. Yeah. Uh, again, not just his offense, but his defense makes him so much better. He's just so dynamic in every, in every aspect. aspect. Exactly. He is as good as it gets, and... You know, he doubled, scores on a on an infield single. I mean. Where are they doing that at? <laughs> very rarely do you see a guy score from third base on a, a ball hit to the first baseman at the edge of the infield grass. But, my goodness. Do you, do you remember that play a few years ago where he was um, he was on first? And I don't remember who was hitting, but they were. Um, the defense was shifted. Third baseman was in the shortstop spot, maybe even a little bit further toward the bag, toward second base. He steals second, gets up, sees nobody at third, and just takes off and outruns the defense to third base. I mean, so you have some people who have the instincts to do that but don't have the ability. You have some people who have the ability but don't have the instinct. He's got both. 
and and I just think he's one of the probably more the most exciting player in baseball right now. So I would I would venture to say you're probably right. Uh, I mean I. I do think he is certainly better than Ronald Acuna Jr., but not He's by also much, older. But not by much. Yeah. I mean, Ronnie does some things a little better than Mookie does, uh, power being one of those. Um, but otherwise, I, I think Mookie's just a tad bit better everywhere else. Not much on defense, not, much on, the, not much on the base paths. But just enough to be better. That's why I am glad that we have locked those guys up for a couple of years and don't have to worry about paying them umpteen millions. Uh, because at some point they're gonna, they're him and potentially Ozzy Albies will demand umpteen millions. Well, I mean, when you see what Mookie signed for with the Dodgers, twelve years, what three twenty or whatever it was, mm-hmm. it, it makes you even. More glad that the Braves have those guys locked up. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm glad either way. But you know, this is. I mean, everybody in the in in the world is talking about Kevin Cash <laughs> and his MVP performance for the Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a bold move to uh, for of Kevin Cash to allow. Dave Roberts to make his pitching decisions. It was a very bold move, Cotton. Let's see how that works out. Did not work out. Yeah. So, but, yeah, you know, speaking of the Braves. Speaking of. In case you are a fan and are looking for Braves baseball on your radio dial. How can I hear the Braves in 2021? In 2021, you can hear them on 103.7 FM right here in Columbia. And we are super pumped about that because we get a chance to to be able to be a part of the Braves affiliated networks and as who'd, much who'd as, thunk? as much as we talk about them, we appreciate them opening up their doors for WKRM and Front Porch Radio. And I I, I for one Will probably be listening more than I'm more than I'm not. Um, I really love that radio broadcast team as much as Joe Simpson gets trashed on Twitter. He's as he he is as loyal a Braves man as anybody I've ever heard. That guy is as is as homer as it gets. And when you're on when you're on radio, you're supposed to be. You are a homer. Oh yeah, that's the point. Yeah, and I love it. I love listening to him gripe about the strike zone. It's great. <laughs> You can definitely tell he was a hitter when he played. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah it, I do have one question, though, because this kind of correlates to the Braves. How do you look at an 0-2 pitch for the last strike of the World Series, mm. unless you're Nick Marcakis? Because mm. <laughs> Nick definitely would have. He definitely would have. I mean, that's a situation where you can't leave it in the hands of the umpire. Man, just swing the bat. Yeah. As my favorite book of all time is titled, Jimmy Bragan, former Southern League commissioner mm-hmm. and brother of Bobby Bragan, Dodgers legend. You can't hit the ball with the bat on your shoulder. No, no, you cannot. Swing the bat. It's yeah. all I'm asking. I'm not asking for much. When the World Series is on the line, 
Give us a chance. <laughs> Give us a chance. If you swing and miss, at least you swung. Yeah. No chance to hit it if you don't swing it. Um, but going <laughs> going back to <laughs> World Series MVP Kevin Cash, yeah. um, hooking starter Nate Snell with five and a third innings of two-hit work through 73 pitches because the game plan going in was to let him go through the order twice and – that was it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's analytics, right? That's what they said. Don't let common sense get in the way of, of, of analytics. Well, I mean. Because it, analytics have won so many, you know, just going back to even Moneyball. I, if if that's the way you're going to do it, then why are we even paying you, though? If we're, if we're just going to say, okay, this is what we're going to do, and then we're going to do If we're going to map it all out pregame, why do we need you? Yeah. Give me a computer. I'll take care of it. Wasn't it analytics that pulled Snell? Mm-hmm. That's that what we're game? talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why he pulled mm-hmm. him. Yep. I mean, you know, as somebody said on Twitter, I, I can't even. I, I, they have a blue check mark, but I have no idea who they are because they are known as Bucci Main, not Gucci, but Bucci. Oh, that's probably um, John Bucci, Bucci Gross, Gross from um, ESPN. That's that's probably who it is. Bucci Man. Either way. He says, this kind of baseball stinks. I hope the Dodgers score 47 runs. <laughs> well, they didn't score 47, but they did score three. Scored enough to win. Yeah. You know, it just – it. anyway, <laughs> Blake Snell threw 161 pitches in the World Series. Tyler Glass now threw 214. And he threw two-thirds less of an inning. And threw 80 more pitches, nearly. We're going to talk in the next segment with someone who will probably have a little bit more insight into this situation than we do. Um, That's one reason I didn't want to get into it too much because right. we do have a a guest who's going to be able to give us a little bit more, a lot more insight, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dewan Brazelton, former number one pick of the Devil, the Devil Rays. He was a Devil Ray. In 2001, um, star at MTSU and at Tullahoma High School before that. So um, we are going to be speaking with him a little bit on this and a little bit on um, the resurgence of Wildcat football. I'm sure um, he played quarterback over there for a little bit before a knee injury made his decision to stick to the diamond, but and that worked out pretty well for him. And he's still living down in the Tampa area, so he's been a part of all that excitement down there over the last little bit. That's right. We'll have him and more. Don't forget it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday. We'll talk about the weirdest news in all of the world in the last segment after DeWan Brazelton on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be right back. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there. 
and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 22 minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock here on Wednesday, October 28th. Chris Yao along with Maurice Patton and J.P. Plant. Talking about the World Series on the other side of that break. And we will continue to do so because last night about, what, 10.30-ish? <laughs> Ish. <laughs> I get a text from Mo. He's like, hey. We're going to get Dwan Brazelton on tomorrow to talk about Kevin Cash's um, decision making. So, so we've got Dewan Brazelton on to talk about Kevin Cash's decision making. Dewan, um, the number three overall pick in the 2001 draft by the the Rays. They were the Devil Rays then. Out of M- after a stellar career at both MTSU and at Tullahoma. Um, where he is a member of the Athletic Hall of Fame at both institutions. Um, Dewan, thanks for taking a little time with us this morning. And thank you. Thank you, Mo. It's always a pleasure being around you. Great time. Hey, um, we'll get right to the meat of this thing, and then we'll talk about some other stuff. Um, you've watched this Tampa Bay team throughout the season – was that move last night to take Nate Snell out after five and a third as effective as he had been? Was that pretty much their standard operating procedure? Well, I mean, you have to think about this team. If you watch them all year long, you know, they've played with four outfielders, um, leaving one big hole in the infield. You know, they, they've been doing things in all another docs for like the last four or five years, so it's nothing new. Like I think we won the Tampa Bay is one of the first teams to institute the uh the shifting that we have nowadays that everybody's complaining about. So, I mean, I'm not really like I like Kevin Cash. I actually played with Kevin Cash. I actually played with Dave Roberts, so I'm not here to down either one of them. But I think it at a certain point in time, you know, you got to go with the horse that brought you there, and you know they gave they gave um, they gave uh, Blake Snell a lot of money a couple of years ago when he won the won the um, um, the Cy Young. So I can't imagine you treating the Cy Young the way you're treating like somebody else, like like letting go. And right, I'm riding that horse till it dies at that point. And and again, he had been effective. Uh, threw 73 pitches, gave up two hits and five and a third. He's got. I guess the meat of a of a pretty good order wherever you come in coming up when you lift Snell you go to a guy who had given up runs in each of his previous six relief appearances I mean I know that they've done some things pretty unorthodox over the course of the season that that's just I guess as a manager you can't think about what if it doesn't work but at the same time, you you got to realize what you're letting yourself in for in the worst-case scenario right there, which is what played out. Well, I mean, you, you kind of – like, if, I, if I'm if i the Dodgers, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> like, you guys – Blake Snell was out there. He was carving them up. It was, I mean, it was beautiful. 
Like, I'm, I'm a pitcher. So it was beautiful watching him in and out, up and down, like, you know, throwing a nice little slider and blowing the fast. It was beautiful. It was beautiful to watch. So, like, if I'm if I'm the Dodgers, I'm praying. Like, you let, you let them off the hook. If you want to be honest, you let them off the hook. They couldn't hit this guy. I'm going to leave him in and make him hit him. I think that's what most people would tell you, you know, with analytics and the way baseball is today, Dewan, is is that something that that you dealt with when you were playing or is it not or or was it a little bit less of a, you know, as a pitcher back then, it didn't really matter. It was go until you get hit, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't a thing back then. Like um like like that thing kind of came in toward the end of my career. Um, so I can't tell you that I was ever like a product of that. But like now you got these guys, they don't want to let you see like the the the, the um, line of the third time around. They don't want you to do this. But, you know, I'm not a fan of it, but like they're not paying me Kevin Cash money to make these decisions. But, <laughs> but like I, I'm not a fan of like, you know, like now like they got these guys that come in with the openers and, you know, they throw two innings and get on that. I don't know. Like, I don't know, like, why they think this works. I mean, like, and I'm I'm not a traditional baseball guy in the terms of like I like all the new excitement we have. Or I'm not I'm not I'm not upset about the bat flips and things. I, I like that. So I'm not a traditional baseball guy as far as that. I don't believe that you know you can't have me excited, but I do believe that like you got starters and relievers for a reason. You know, and and like all this like quick hooking these guys and quick. You know, I, especially in a seven-game series against the same team, you know, the the Rays had already shown their relievers two and three and four times in the series. That's so right. It's not like, you, like if it's a one-game, the one-game setting, or even a three-game setting, when you bring a guy in, bring it going ninety-seven with a nasty slider, and you bring him in for one game, so that's a whole different story. But in a seven-game series, they've already seen all your relievers, and like it sounds terrible to say, but they're relievers for a reason. Uh, and, and you're you're right. I mean, he, he points to the lie. Yeah, there's yeah, not show me one. the lie. There's not one. Yeah. Um. And aside from that specific move, Dewan, you talk about you know openers and that kind of thing. What happened to starting rotations? Where did that go? That's exactly where it went. It went with the analytics. Um. You know, and I, you know, I think that like. Like I think that bullpens have become great because like every every bullpen in the league right now has two guys that come in and blow blow hundred miles an hour fastball, but with white sauce sliders, which I think is great. But then like if you look at literally like these good teams, these good teams are going to have starting pitching that's going to be pretty good. Um, you know, and it's just like it's like a, it's almost like a a battle of rain clouds. You got the people over here that are still. You got the Shane Beavers of the world, like that guy's awesome in Cleveland. You got these great starters, and then like you know, then you got another cloud coming in trying to fight it and trying to do something totally different. Um, you know, I'm not a fan of it, but I was a starting pitcher, so I mean, it, it I seems like I'm obviously it, a bias. Yeah, it, it seems like teams are managing to their bullpens mm-hmm. nowadays. Well, I guess it just depends on what you. It depends on what you had decided that your strength is, which and like evidently the Rays decided their strength for their bullpen, which I don't get it because their starting rotation has you know uh, Blake Snell, Tyler Glass now, 
um, uh, Charlie Morton. Those are three like stud starters, in my opinion, right there. So I don't. I mean, I know they got good guys in the bullpen, but like, I mean, I've said this, and people might get mad at me and might get some flack from it, but I don't really believe. I don't think that ninety percent of relievers started out as relievers. I think that ninety percent of relievers were started at one point in time, and somebody decided that. You know, they weren't good enough to be a starter. That's right. They ended up in the bullpen. Now, they may have taken that bullpen spot and ran with it and done great. But it's, it's just, if you look at the starting pitcher, that's where most of the money is, and the closer. So a lot of those guys in between are just starters that didn't make it. They have found another role, another niche. And that's not knocking anybody. So, I mean, if you're going to pay the guy to be the starter, you're saying something. So let the guy go. Especially in that situation. I, we are speaking with them. Um, former MTSU, former Tullahoma high school pitcher Dewan Brazelton, um, now living in Orlando, keeps an eye on the Rays, his former MLB team. But I know, Dewan, you also kind of keep an eye on Tullahoma. What about those guys being 9-0 and going into this weekend? Man, I'm really impressed with that. Like, you know, um, you know, Tullahoma football is a really good story. Like, uh, just three or four years ago, they were 0-10. I think they had like two years in a row they were like bad, you know. People were calling for John All's job. Yeah, I'm not sure how that happened. I'm not sure if he transitioned. I don't know what happened there, but I know that his family. I know he got John All's and his two sons are still coaching there, and they're um, you know, now they're about to be ten and zero, or they already are ten zero. But I'll tell you this: I'm always been a big proponent of. It's not about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmys and Joes. That's right. <clears throat> and I can tell you that Tullahoma. Has, I want to mention two Jimmys and Joes for you. The first one I want to mention is uh, is uh, Lil Sheffield, Lil Jackson Sheffield. You know, uh, he's run the ball really well. You know, he comes from historically um, a historically athletic family. You know, I, he, everybody knows his two brothers, so I'm not going to mention him. I love him, keep that. I love him, but I'm going to give Jackson his shine today. So, um, you know, Lil Jackson run the ball. Then they also have another guy. His name is uh, um, this guy is uh, his name is uh, Jacoby Thomas, and like Jacoby Thomas is a phenomenal athlete. You know, he I think he's probably going to be one of the top ten, I'd say top five athletes coming out of football in Tennessee this year. I'm hoping he wins this football. I've seen so you got those two Jimmys right there. Those two phenomenal players to start and build a team around. So with, with Jackson and Jacoby, I mean, the sky's the limit with both those guys. Yeah, I've seen some um, promotion of um, Jacoby for Mr. Football in Class 4A. Tullahoma finishes up the regular season Friday against Maplewood with a chance to go 10-0 and and, and win that um, Region 4-4A championship outright before they go into postseason play as the number one seed. Saw Jackson up here a few years ago here in Columbia at the um, Little League State Tournament and – I know you didn't want to mention his brothers, but it looks like he's kind of on that same baseball trajectory as those guys as well, Dewan. Well, it's not it's not that I didn't want to mention them. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that Jackson, being the the baby boy of the three, you know, he's always in their in their shadows. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've talked I've talked countlessly about the other two and I love them both. Mm-hmm. Uh these guys are my my second cousin. So I love them both. So today I said, Hey look. I'm going to talk about the other two brothers, but I'm going to give Jackson his, his flowers today. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Um, 
like I said, those guys are going going for 10-0. and 0, And as you said, not long removed from back-to-back 0-10 seasons. So, um, nice little turnaround down there. You spent a little time on the gridiron. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I tell you, the gridiron actually was a not a great place, but ended up making me uh, make some great decisions. You know, it, it'd be nice, Mo. Mo, you the expert on this stuff. It'd be nice if one day you do uh, old, oh, you friend old Dewan a favor and look at some of the football stats, so I can, <laughs> so I can figure out what they were. But you know, I used to throw that football a little bit, and uh, I uh, tore my knee up. And after I tore my knee up, like in my fourth or fifth game, I was too scared to ever go back out there. But it also led me to the pitching mound, which, uh, you know, I think that worked out all right. I think it worked out pretty well. Um, hey, we appreciate you spending some time with us. Um, Dewan Brazelton, um, congratulations to the Rays AL champions. Okay. And, and that's a, that, that, that has been, had been as big of a – an accomplishment over the last few years as anything because of the toughness of not just the American League, but the the way that the season was put together this year, having to play the NL East and the AL East all year long, to get through that and to get to the World Series is impressive. Anyway, Juwan, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate you. Uh, Can I throw throw one more thing out there? Yeah, Yes, please do. You know, last night, last night as I'm watching this, like, this is like totally like, just like uh, a question. I wonder how the Dodgers would have fared if they had David Price. You know, David Price opted out for the year. Mm. So it'd be interesting to see how that works. And I wonder, like, I wonder if he gets the ring for that. That's a good question. I don't know how that's going to work for guys that opted out. That'll That'll be something to keep an eye on here over the – over the off season, and how much better would the Dodgers have been with Price? Well, they I definitely like you know I'm I'm a Price fan number one. Mm-hmm, uh, sure, being in the Middle Tennessee area, we we share the same age, so I'm a, I'm a Price fan. But I think like just imagine the Dodgers, like a lot of a lot of Dodgers problems were like they ran out of pitching, like you know they had Gosling. I, I know that they'd rather have David Price starting those games. You know, David Price has been a stud for. 15 years now, however long it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, already won World Series with the Red Sox. Um, and did great that series. So imagine having him there instead of God. I, I, that might have been a sweep. Well, I tell you what, DeWan, as a Braves fan, I'm kind of glad he wasn't there for that NLCS for the, for the very same reasons that you just pointed out. I think I think if David Price does not get a ring – that's a problem because that man paid minor leaguers. Mm. Right. Yeah. I think you got to give it, give him to him for that, just for financing your minor leaguers. Yeah. That, that <laughs> well, was... I, I think, I think that, like, I think that David, I think that David deserves one. So that's that. That I was bringing up an interesting question. Oh, absolutely. But is, here's what is. I think he deserves one, but. I think the Dodgers owe him so much money. I don't know how much money is left from that contract, but the Dodgers eating it. He's got to be somewhere around $25, 26000000 million at least. So I think that the Dodgers would just go ahead and give him the ring. Well, what, what's another 14000 Whatever the ring right? calls. Yeah. Happy. And he remains undefeated in the World if they're, Series. If they're they're... Smart, like I, I know that when teams win that, when teams win championships, they give like real – like. Whatever fourteen thousand dollar rings they give them to some people that work in the parking lot. They give them yeah. to like the clubhouse attendants. 
they give them to the ticket lady. So <laughs> if, if you're going to do that and the Dodgers are spending so much money on players anyway, I'm not going to upset David Price. But I'm not going to – I'm not going to upset a guy that I'm paying $30 million over a $14,000 ring. That's right. <laughs> Good you, point. You're right. Uh, Dewan, thanks so Not much, bad. man. You, you, that was, that was, that was a great question and uh, one that we will continue to ponder here. No question. We appreciate your time, buddy. All right. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate hey, it. Thank you. That was Dewan Brazelton of Ray's fame and MTSU and Tullahoma fame. Um, former major league pitcher threw 120 innings in a year once so pretty good uh pretty good insight there on pitching in pre-analytics yeah and you know him having watched the rays up close most of the year yeah you know you kind of got the impression that maybe that was the type thing that they had done with some regularity but at the same time Sometimes you, hey, it's Tuesday. You know what happens on Tuesday? NFL Power Tuesday comes out. Exactly, the power rankings come out. So because it's Tuesday, that's never mind that there's a game Tuesday night. Yeah, same difference. Yeah, sometimes you have to adapt a little bit. Last night would have been a good place for Kevin Cash to adapt. Just a little, you know. I'm curious if it has to do with tommy john surgeries i mean we we heard that stat what was like 31 percent of major league pitchers have had tommy john surgery at this point at some time in their life i wonder if you know you're sitting there saying well but at 73 pitches that's not unused that's not something that's that's going to be a problem i think you throw him to 100 unless he's just getting rocked i think it's like dewan said i think they had decided two times through the order was all they needed to see him but i tell you (laughs) They didn't need to see Nick Anderson for for a six straight night either. I don't think so. Especially when he's giving up runs and you're up one nothing. Yeah, he's giving up runs in every outing. Doesn't make any sense. It's something I would think, regardless of what you have done to that point. I think that decision and what happened, what happened afterwards going to create a few sleepless sleepless nights for I, a lot of folks in Tampa. I did hear in the sixth inning that uh, David Price actually opted in for the rest of the season last night around the sixth inning. <laughs> was he was he filling the uh, the roster spot of uh, Justin, Justin Turner, Turner. after Justin Turner. That's what happened, he was pulled see. for a wow. positive COVID test? Uh, too soon, guys. <laughs> <laughs> too soon. Oh, man. Uh, speaking of weird and Dumb things, Wild and Wacky Wednesday, as always on Wednesday when we come back, we'll tell you about the weirdest news in the country, and uh, it does not include Kevin Cash's decision to pull Blake Snell. Blake Snell last night, although that's probably the weirdest and wildest and wackiest <laughs> thing that happened yesterday. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. 
They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Looking for a Halloween hangout? Patio West in Spring Hill is your spot for food, games, and fun. Located at 3011 Longford Drive, Patio West is hosting both a kids' and all-ages costume contest, along with three different trivia games during their Halloween extravaganza starting at 3 p.m. on October 31st. Bring the whole family down for all the fun you can have in one place. Patio West Comfort and Coastal Eats in Spring Hill. Visit them on Facebook or online at patiowest.com. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Christy out here along with Mo Patton and J.P. Plant. Um, it is Wild and Wacky Wednesday, but I want to, before we get into that, scroll, scrolling through Twitter as I do, <laughs> um, just want to throw out a, a quick... Rest in peace, as 2020 has taken outlaw country music singer Billy Joe Shaver. Oh, wow. At the age of 81, um, the OG. Or yeah. the OO, the original outlaw, that guy. <laughs> Billy Joe Shaver probably uh, shaped Texas country music more than any one other person, other than maybe Waylon Jennings. And Billy Joe Shaver is among my top five favorite artists of all time. Wow. Uh, just, yeah, that may be a top five subject say, at some point. Top yeah. five Tuesday. Is that, is that your top five country music artists or is that your top five well, artists? Country music dominates pretty much my, okay. my playlist, but... Uh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a tough one for me because I will definitely be... Uh, be spending some Billy Joe later. I saw we also lost Jerry Jeff Walker um, over, uh, I believe, last week. Yeah. So, so, mm-hmm. and and if you don't know who Jerry Jeff Walker is, uh, just listen to Waylon, Luke and Buck, wa- Texas. Luke and Buck, Texas, Waylon and Waylon. Mm-hmm. Jerry Jeff's train songs. Yep. Man, I'm really sad now. <laughs> like, I don't even want to talk about... I just I don't even want to talk about. Well, you know, I, wacky, I, I was listening to you coming out of the break, and I'm like, this doesn't sound like wild and wacky energy here. No, and, it was, and, and it just happened. I mean, 30 minutes ago, just again, I got to stop scrolling through Twitter until after we get until off. After there. we get off the show, get off the Twitter. <laughs> I mean, I find so many good things to talk about on the show through Twitter, but anyway, and and this is a good thing to talk about it's just it not it's the just greatest not, subject not the way to get into wild and wacky wednesday no. um but anyway one uh let, let's you ready go, yeah let's go ahead and get into because I, I do have some good news all right on wild and wacky wednesday and segue good news <laughs> is always something to get us out of the out of the bad, you, you always get the bad news first, right? Because you want to you want to end True. on a good note. So and let's let, let's talk about let's talk about the good news here. 
Only in Alabama and only on Sand Mountain could this happen. (laughs) All right. Alabama family has a pet 200-pound African spurred tortoise. Wow. 200-pound African spurred tortoise uh, named Sparkplug. That's good. (laughs) I guess once he gets started, it's hard to stop him. But 200 pounds, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But he's got to get started first. He's a tortoise. Um, He escaped Ty Harris, who's the guy who owns the Sparkplug here. He escaped his fenced enclosure, caught a ride with a farmer. Oh, God. And went to the other side of uh, of his Marshall County of Marshall County in uh, where Gunnersville and Albertville and all of those places are. Boaz, um, he was he he went through a, a bunch of soybean fields huh. before being picked up and taken to a, a farm on the other side of Marshall County, where the guy who found him found out through social media that he had someone's pet, but. Why? Why would you pick up a two hundred pound tortoise? Well, you don't want How? it to get hit. That's, How did that's you pick the up question. A that's the question. How did he pick up the? I mean, I figured tortoise? maybe he just kind of wandered up on somebody's trailer or something. I no. mean, someone actually actively picked this tortoise up. Potentially, he enticed him onto a trailer. Maybe. That that would be a, a that solid takes a option. A lot of coaxing. I mean, it's a tortoise. If you just Put the trailer right up to it. <laughs> it's probably going to walk on it. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, the one thing that I got out of this is that apparently tortoises like soybeans. Okay. There you go. The one thing I got out of this is someone owns a 200-pound tortoise. tortoise. Yeah. And it escaped. <laughs> it did escape. This I is mean, a true story. It had to have happened overnight while they were sleeping. Exactly. Right? Well, well, I mean, How does a tortoise have I mean, enough <laughs> speed to You got to get a pretty big head start to get away where they can't <laughs> find you. Right. Especially at 200 pounds. At 200 pounds, I mean, come on. <laughs> is there a picture of said tortoise? Uh, there is, in fact, a picture of the tortoise, and I will post it onto Spark social plug. media. Spark, Spark plug, plug here yeah. is big old boy. <sighs> he don't play around. He's big old boy. Oh, wow. I'm just here to tell you. Oh. Hmm. Uh, Man, that's, so that's pretty wild and pretty wacky. Have you guys ever waited um, on a like a bus or a train in a big city? I am. Um, I interned. Well, not interned, but I loaned up at USA Today back in 1992, and so I caught the subway out to Northern Virginia from DC and back in daily. So that's the closest I've come to. Waiting on a bus or a train with any regularity. You ever just? Uh, you lived in Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte so maybe. had a light rail, um, but uh, and I would take it from time to time. But it's it's a little different. Well, not really. I guess it's public transportation. It's, it's public transportation, yeah. and you you, uh-huh. you had to stand on the sidewalk, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, what if you were standing on the sidewalk and it collapsed under you? The sidewalk. The sidewalk just the sidewalk collapsed, collapsed under you. And you fell into a sinkhole. Yeah. What would you do? That'd be pretty bad, right? Uh, it wouldn't be fun. I mean, this happened. Th- this this did happen in New York City. How bad would it suck that when you fell, you mm. fell into at least ten thousand rats? <laughs> mm. 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 
Mm-mm-mm. That's... Could have done without that visual. Yep. Leonard Shoulders, a 33-year-old man, suffered a broken arm and a broken leg in a 12- to 15-foot plummet after the ground gave way on a Bronx sidewalk. His brother, Greg White, told the New York Daily News on Monday, he couldn't move and the rats were crawling all over him. He didn't scream because he didn't want the rats going into his mouth. That's uh, that's pretty quick thinking. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's, that's some restraint right Mm -hmm. there. It's like... As, as bad as this hurts and as scared as I am, I'm not going to scream. I'm assuming people saw this. I people mean, saw it. Oh, it's, yeah. it's in so he, New York City. So maybe, you know, I guess that is the saving grace that mm-hmm. he didn't have to scream to let people know that he was down yeah, there. Yeah, that people knew. That makes it easier to keep your mouth shut, I guess. It does. Mm. It does. Yeah, this is Wild and Wacky Wednesday brought to you by JJ's Barbecue. Open since 1998, JJ's is Columbia's oldest family-owned barbecue restaurant. Longest standing currently they are having some loaded potato soup mm. over the the winter and whatnot so make sure to visit jj's barbecue on hatcher lane in columbia uh i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna have to start screening <laughs> wild and wacky wednesday because that's that's, that's a good. tough one. That's not good. That's. I'm just saying, there are some interesting. What? Anyway, so I got one more. <laughs> uh, we heard this. This did happen some other times uh, over in the in the past elections and whatnot. Um. A Minnesota woman's obituary. First of all, what would you put in your obituary? Well, you are a downer today. I don't know. Debbie Downer? Debbie Downer. <laughs> Is there any I, I have th- no one, clue. one specific thing that you want in your obituary? Or Somebody else is going to be writing it, so I don't really care. <laughs> Georgia Mae Adkins of Invergrove Heights in uh, Minnesota died of a stroke on September 28th at United Hospital in St. Paul. A pair of obituaries published in the St. Paul Pioneer Press included details of how she wanted to be cremated and then honored with an October 16th church service under COVID-19 protocols. She preferred that her friends and families not patronize a florist because in lieu of flowers, Georgia preferred that you do not vote for Donald Trump. Wow. Hmm. That's a whole new meaning to a dying wish, right? I mean, I feel if, like I just I just don't know that that's something that is going to be one of my last thoughts. Mm-mm. Thank you. Yeah. I the last thing I want to talk about is if I'm getting ready to die. Is, yeah. I'm, I mean, also, I, how do you know she died of a stroke? Well, I mean, it wasn't really a dying wish because she didn't know she was dying. She, how, she, how old was she? But she died of a stroke. I, I don't know. That. Well, I mean, maybe she had expressed this at some point prior to. Maybe she had pre-existing conditions. I don't know. She, I just don't think that's something that's going to be taking up my thoughts yeah. in that situation. I don't disagree. That's Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Once again, brought to you by JJ's Barbecue on Hatcher Lane in Columbia. Since 1998, JJ's is Columbia's oldest family-owned barbecue. Restaurant in Columbia. Make sure to hang out with them. 
Um, Loaded potato soup. Tom said. Yeah, exactly. Tomorrow, <laughs> we will talk about all of the local high school football games that will take place on Friday night. Yeah, we've got Gary Johnson from the Shelbyville Times Gazette to talk a little bit more in depth about that Columbia Central Shelbyville game on Friday that carries playoff implications for the visitors. And we don't know what Shelbyville is going to look like. So lots to talk about. We will make our picks. Mostradamus will be in the house with his turban or Jiffy Pop hat, as Robbie Mathis will tell you. It's a turban. That's what I said. I just said that Robbie calls it a Jiffy Pop hat. Yeah, we're going to have to have a talk with Robbie. <laughs> hey, he keeps <laughs> he keeps doing what he's doing. I ain't going to talk about him or nothing. <laughs> we'll be back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joint, tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock to 11. Visit with us. Listen to us on the podcast. Visit on sm-tnsports.com for all of your local sports needs. Follow us on Twitter at sm underscore tnsports and on Facebook. We'd love to see you. We'll catch you tomorrow. Stay cool, Columbia. Cool,